This podcast is a discussion of Christian devotionals and self-help books and is intended for entertainment purposes only. The ideas discussed on this podcast are adult-themed and come with a blanket trigger warning. The intent of this podcast is not to attack any person who uses or gifts the materials under discussion, nor is it intended as a critique of the author. Rather, it is the ideas and messages we feel are being expressed in the materials that are being reviewed and examined with expletives. Welcome, everyone, back to Goddamn Devotionals, the podcast where we break down the harmful ideas and messages found in Christian devotionals and self-help books. Separating the bull from the shit so you don't have to. I'm JR. And back from more early 2000s movie references, this is JP. <laughs> yep, in this episode, we're going to continue our review of John Eldridge's Waking the Dead. We're still in part three, The Four Streams. Those streams that will lead to abundant life if we but merge them. Last week was what? Discipleship stream? Correct. This second stream is counseling, and it is ripe for a refreshing rafting trip into Chapter 7, Receiving God's Intimate Counsel. <laughs> Last chapter detailed, as you said, the discipleship stream. This chapter focuses on the counseling stream. John's going to cross these streams and then add more in continuing chapters. As you do. As you do. Now, John wants you to remember, life is a story. Your life is a story. Your story isn't over. It's in the process of being written. I feel like he's reaching in this one. (laughs) Now, your story has some true parts to it and some false parts. But what's obvious from your story is that you need some counseling to sort out the true bits from the false bits. Don't worry if you don't have the time or money. The Holy Spirit is your counselor. He's free, available 24-7, and will do his best to keep you in a relationship with God and fight anyone who tries to convince you of something he doesn't like. I'm curious which movie he's going for with this one. You said a rafting trip, but I'm like, shoot, what movies involve... I mean, he's not going to do Deliverance, but... That was just me throwing in alliteration. Oh, okay. Okay, Mm -hmm. I was... I'm primed right now for Eldritch. John walks us through some of the basic ideas behind childhood trauma, personality formation, and damage from abuse. I think he's trying very hard to convince his male audience that it's okay to seek help, even if it's not from an actual therapist, but from you know the spirit voice living in their heads. But all the action movie heroes that he references, none of them ever have any problems that require anything more than a little introspection and and maybe some traumatic events and loss, and then they come back badder-asser than ever. True, but this is the early 2000s wherein John is attempting to convince men that they can be badass and be in touch with their feelings. In fact, being in touch with your feelings prepares you to be a better badass. John uses a friend's story in this chapter to illustrate that we all have things happen to us that might cause us to view ourselves badly. He also uses the story of David from the Bible to portray David as possibly having had trauma from being the youngest in his family with brothers who said nasty things to him when he wanted to go fight Goliath. John was trying to, like give people a chance to still be an alpha, but channel their inner soy boy, to use, like, YouTube terminology. (laughs) Right. I mean, even Jesus had brothers who didn't believe that he was the Messiah. Yeah. Family can fuck us up, am I right? (laughs) Hell, even John had 
his son tell him, you and mom don't like computer games, so I feel like you don't like me. Which to Ouch. me sounds like something I would say to try and manipulate my dad into letting me play more games, but... I was thinking the other way around where your kid's going, hi, so I have something I enjoy and I hear you and mom rag on it so much. I feel like you guys are actually attacking me That's at this point. That's okay. what John's trying to say. Oh, okay. Yeah, is gotcha. that he's stepping on his son's glory by... I was going to say, this is, a traditional, this is a traditional fatherly behavior at that time, though, of just going, here, you're into something, let me let me poke fun at it so hard. Whereas, honestly, there's a, a recent... Like, no, I'm, I'm okay with John but, essentially calling himself out and going, I shouldn't be doing this to my yeah. kid. Going, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying this you. is This is up to a certain point. This is what what fathers used to do was sort of like, let me constantly degrade your interests. I, I listened to a really interesting interview with uh, Terry Crews posed with the same sort of conundrum going, my kids are really into video games. I don't want to have the relationship I have with my father where we, you know, he made fun of everything I did and we had no relationship. So I'm going to get into this. And he built a gaming computer and I go, Good on John for recognizing that, like, hey, but it still took his son going, I don't think you like me. <laughs> mm -hmm. So let me tell you a story about how I was traumatizing my son, and my son finally called out for help, going, why are you hitting me? Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, maybe I should stop. Yeah. John would like you to know that whatever deep wounds you received in childhood, they weren't your fault. Here's where the movie reference comes in. I was going to say, are we going to do Goodwill Hunting? Yes, we oh are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that that scene was a great scene. Matt Damon and Robin Williams did an amazing job at it, but it got referenced and used in like mm -hmm. youth group and sermons and conferences and every which way from Sunday. So much. Oh my yep. gosh. All yep. it takes is someone doing it's not your fault and boom, that mm -hmm. just jumps to mind. Yep. Now imagine that John is Robin Williams and as the reader you're Matt Damon and in. Mm -hmm. Therefore, for the next several pages, John is going to tell you it's not your fault. If we're going to go off of this whole thing of right now we're in the like counselor stream for, for <laughs> John and I go, if the Holy Spirit is the counselor and I know we're about to get into, you know, Robin Williams is, is the counselor saying, it's not your fault, then this always gets into sort of an interesting theological discussion amongst Christians over, okay, so we have our sinful nature, our sinful behavior, the things that we do that are wrong, that are displeasing and unacceptable to God. But if the Holy Spirit is turning around and saying, hey, it's not your fault, that's a big difference from the Turner Burn theology that basically goes, you are depraved, this is your fault, you should sit in your own muck, and if it wasn't for God's love and Christ's sacrifice, you would still be in it, and you would be in it for eternity, and you deserve it. Yeah. It's so confusing to, to new Christians and it, it established Christians. Right, because even though John tries very hard to get away from that, you're a worthless sinner saved by grace, you'll always be a worthless sinner saved by grace. It tries to give his reader some sort of empowerment of, no, now that you're a Christian, stop thinking of yourself so badly and poorly, that causes issues and problems. At least mm. he recognizes that. This 
view of yourself that gets preached from fire and brimstone pulpits. Whereas John is trying to say, well, now that you're a Christian, you have worth, you have value, you shouldn't be viewing yourself this way anymore. Because, Mm. which is good, but he doesn't, he still doesn't get rid of the, but you can't do it on your own, you need God, you're still dependent on God, there's still parts of you that are fleshly that you have to fight against. If you're not a Christian, then yeah, you are a horrible bad sinner. So it's it's confusing to read his books because he tries to get away from some of that stuff, but a lot of that stuff, you can't divorce it from the main core of you need a savior because mm-hmm. you're bad. Um, and then, because then you have to deal with, well, I'm a Christian now, but I'm not an automatically a good person. I don't, the whole Paul thing, I don't do the things that I want to do. Or the whole, well... There are Christians who do evil things. Mm-hmm. Are they really Christian? Have they really been saved? How far does grace and forgiveness go when it comes to the legality of their actions? Things like that. John tries, but he he's still unwilling to... It's one more time where we're looking for layers um, of nuance and, and information, and, and John... Essentially... He's... He slapped a feel-good message yeah, out there. We're, we're, we're maybe one layer beneath a rock skipping across a pond again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now, God, John explains, needs you to know two things above all else. Now that you're a Christian, your heart is good, and your heart matters to him. If you don't believe John, he's has an email that someone sent him thanking him for revealing this truth. It's always helpful when you have an email. I guess he did this in the last chapter. Mm-hmm. It was a letter, you know, basically going, for, for all of us here in the 2020s, I know lots of people. Lots of people have told me they're good people, they're smart people, they're the best people. I know all the best people, and they tell me exactly that I'm a good person and I do all kinds of good things. <laughs> well, because you can't just say, hey, I'm a trained counselor mm-hmm. or therapist. I understand the damage that negative views of self cause for people and I'd like to see people in the church get away from that negative view of themselves that they have Mm -hmm. but instead of just saying here's the science that supports me or here's the research that supports me or here's the history of the field of therapy (laughs) that supports me instead of that he has to slap a biblical religious justification on there so he's gonna tell you your heart matters to god your heart is good and he's gonna try and come up with maybe a couple bible verses here and there to to prove it but he always falls back on the good christian standby of anecdote Mm -hmm. and of course movies and fictional books right so if you don't still don't believe that email, don't worry. He's got lots more stories of affirmation that he he'll throw in here, um, and he inserts an excerpt from a George MacDonald novel here to help as well. Uh, he reminds us that in every story, the hero has to turn to someone older slash wiser for help. Dorothy has to turn to the wizard. Frodo turns to Gandalf. Curdie in George MacDonald's novel has to turn to the Lady of the Silver Moon. 
John remembers a time when he was finishing his counseling degree and, oh gosh, this is so embarrassing for John to retell, but his glories and abilities were recognized. He was called (laughs) forward to lead his class. Just like John's gifts were needed there, so are yours needed as well. John is such a Wallace. Poor guy. Oh, I know. (laughs) Garsh. So, let the truth that you are glorious set you free so that you can be seen as glorious. Mm -hmm. It's okay to be at the front of the line, the head of the class, uh, you know. Yeah, take that glory for yourself. It's yours, given to you by God. He's not talking about some mentorship relationship he had from someone like he just described, like the the Frodo, Gandalf, something like that, where they have a really close relationship. No, he just basically humble-bragged that he was recognized as the front-runner of his class, and so he got to walk out in front. He didn't talk at all about, well, this is... You know what I what I was recognized for, and why this was because so and so and I had a mentor, and yeah, it was a fellow classmate who told him, "Well, you're better at, you know, speaking than the rest of us, so you you go up there and speak." Yeah, I'm sorry. Being um, well versed in elocution does not make a leader. Um, That well, I mean, I don't know if it was speaking, but it was... Oh, okay. Sorry, was, his leadership just... abilities were recognized. Were recognized. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, so it uh, looks like the uh, second stream run dry, runs dry here. <laughs> so we're going to jump out of the counseling stream and into the healing stream next chapter. I, I got nothing as far as counseling goes from that. I, what his... What his... You mean other than him trying to tell you... No, you're actually good, and God thinks you're good, and here's a bunch of references to anecdotes and movies and books to try and make you feel better about yourself. He doesn't talk about anyone who gave him counsel and he had to listen to, other than his son calling him out for being incredibly rude and basically invalidating his son's interests. That That's the closest thing he comes to receiving counsel, and it's more of self-admonishment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't catch anything in there that says, here, here's an example of what it's like to counsel somebody or to mentor somebody, that this is an example of Christ discipling, mentoring, counseling us other than a Robin Williams movie Matt Damon reference from Goodwill Hunting of it's not your fault. <laughs> yep. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, you know, and this is where the messages in these books break this down mm-hmm. is we're going to set up our little four stream system here, try and merge them, but mm-hmm. they all run together and you cannot you can't really understand what you're supposed to be doing. And I actually know the problem and the solution that John apparently missed. And, it, and it's forgivable because this is the early 2000s and it, it was being done at the time, but it was still relatively new. If you're going to have a system, you need to have all of the different, in the case of like the four streams, if you're going to start with discipleship, you need to come up with all four terms of each stream need to start with D. <laughs> that is how it worked in Christian college when I was uh, uh, a student there studying ministry. Because um, also... I still remember community counseling 
oh shoot, there were four of them, the four C's of youth ministry. Plus, you also (laughs) need to have one story or one example that you can use Mm -hmm. to illustrate all four points as you go along. Yes. So So that you can build on that story and you're not Mm -hmm. just pulling in random references from all sorts of here, there, and everywhere to try and illustrate each point. And nothing, nothing gels, nothing mixes, nothing matches. It's here's our couple of stories to illustrate this one mm-hmm. here's a couple of stories to illustrate this one and i think john is trying to get away from formulaic mm-hmm. i think he's just trying to present this as a more natural fundamental true true truth mm-hmm. as opposed to well here's your four c's of you know youth leadership i just remembered it it's calling commitment community Competence. <laughs> Damn it, I can't oh, believe I still remember that stuff. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to end the chapter there. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, I, I, I'm ready for another stream. This, yep. this stream didn't do much for me. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you listening at home, help us merge the streams by subscribing, leaving a review, letting a swimming buddy know about us. Come, come swim in the streams with us. If you have a, an anecdote or story about how a sermon containing the scene of Robin Williams and Matt Damon saying it's not your fault affected you, please feel free to share. Our contact info is in the show notes. <laughs> and as always, take care of yourselves. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>